Welcome to the Let's See podcast. We are here today with Tina Angers. Yes. <laughs> and um, we're going to talk about a lot of cool things today. Um, Tina is a skincare specialist. She is a writer and she is a dear friend of mine. She has the energy you want in your life, trust me. And you're in for some really good things today. So we're going to talk about um, just how weirdly synced up our lives have become in recent days and then also just get some incredible insights into um, what you should do for your skin and your life and um, you'll be better off. So let's go ahead and get started. Tina. Thanks Katie. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So let's start off by just telling people our story. Yeah, definitely. So it's funny because I was trying to figure out the timeline and I honestly can't remember. I know it's been probably three years. Has it been three years since yeah. you've been in? Yeah, well, okay. from the first time, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Because mm-hmm. it was definitely pre-pandemic. Yes, okay. before when I first came in, it was pre-pandemic. So I had bought a Groupon, right. which is very weird of me, by the way. Right. That's just not, I'm just not the Groupon kind of gal. Like, I don't use coupons. I'm the worst. Like, I, I just am like, oh, I'll just pay for things as they come. Same. I hardly ever do that yeah. either. Yeah. But it must have been providential because I bought this um, Groupon for, like, microdermabrasion. Right. And came in, and it was three sessions. And I'd, I remember, like, liking you in the first session, realizing we had a lot in common in the second session and right. being like, oh my gosh, we're going to be friends yes. by the third time. 100%. I remember, <laughs> do you want to hear my thoughts on it? Yes, okay. please. <laughs> I remember this fiery, brilliant, beautiful redhead comes in and she's laying on my bed and I'm like, why is she coming to see me? She's perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and no, but I, I just remember your energy. I remember leaving that session thinking, damn, why can't all my, you know, patients be like this? This is such great energy. And I remember we had so much in common. Yeah. The second you told me you were an English professor, teacher, whatever you go by, you're brilliant. And a writer, writer, I was thinking right up my alley because in college, I originally, you know, was, was an English major and writing has always been a passion of mine. And I just remember connecting and feeling illuminated Mm. after our first session and I couldn't wait to see you again for the second session meanwhile you were there for your skin and I'm like I I, you were actually giving more to (laughs) me I think (laughs) it did feel very like center you know we just were playing off of each other's energy really really well right and um yeah I I certainly felt impressed by you I mean it's funny you say illuminated because it was it felt like I walked out of there with new skin and with like a new lease on life. That's so funny that you say that because, you know, there are certain people that we come in contact with that we never expect, right? Yeah. We never expect that energy. And it's an energy exchange. It really is. It is. But also, I really feel like those kindred souls out there totally just light you up in a different way. Yeah. You know, and those are the days that we, that are what I always call codec moments, right? Yeah. Those are the codec moments of our lives where mm-hmm. we know we're never going to forget that day or that yeah. moment or that feeling totally. essentially yeah. is what it was. Well, and because you are how you are, 
my initial feeling was like, this is how she is with everyone, you know, because you're just so right, right, whatever. And so I was just like, Oh, my gosh, she does such a great job of connecting with her patients. Like she's so, you know, and I'm sure there are tons of patients that you have connected with really, really well. But I just I didn't, you know, understand for a minute, like right away that we were had something special happening. Right. You know, because yeah. I just thought you were that special and you are, but. Oh, that's so funny. But, and, and I, tr- and I, I think, I mean, I try to, I think that is my genuine energy. I, I think I am that way with, with all of my patients, yeah. but I don't always get it back. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not totally. always reciprocated. It's not always the same vibe. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That you get back. Well, so then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and everybody stopped you know, doing anything. Right. But around Christmas time, I started uh, dating this man several years younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And he lived in Chicago. And so we went, we drove up to Chicago Mm -hmm. and I was hanging out there and he had this like bomb apartment I mean it was so amazing like this exposed brick and a fireplace and right in the loop and it was so so cool but the one downside of that apartment was this I mean bleak bathroom situation okay the fluorescent lighting and like the way it was over the mirror was truly like a horror show every time I went in there (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here trying to like stitch together enough confidence to be like yeah I look good enough to be with this young handsome man like whatever and I would go into that bathroom and be like it's a no it's just a hard it was horrible so anyway one one day I was like brushing my teeth or washing my face and there and it just was so bad. Oh, gosh. And I just remember being like, I I don't know what I'm going to do, but a plan needs to be put in place. Like, there has to be action now. For, I can't, for your skin? For my skin. Okay, I was like, something skin. something needs to happen right. today. Oh, we've all been Oh, there. my gosh. I, I was like. fluorescent lighting should be banned, by ban- the way. Yeah. 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 Completely yeah. banned. But, yes, I, I mean, we've all been there. Right. And especially when you're dating a younger guy. Like, you want to look hot. Totally. You want those wrinkles to just fit fade away or that that's they just look amazing I mean it should be glowing if you're with this younger guy exactly your world (laughs) which I mean I sort of in other lighting situations was feeling like our photos were really cute I was thinking like there were several moments where I was like I look good like oh heck yeah yeah. well you do look good yeah but no not in that bathroom I mean that bathroom I well I mean we're exposing the truth I'm not sure which but regardless I decided to make a plan and I texted you right then and there, I think in the bathroom. <laughs> and said, like, Dina, when we get back, when I get back, I was wondering if I could take you to drinks and get some skincare advice. I remember you're like, I need your help. And I'm like, I'm your girl. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it was like, things are real bad. Oh, God. So, yeah. So that needed to happen and uh so we went on a walk and that very first walk we took if you recall you were just finding out about this crazy guy you had been dating god that's another Kodak day yeah I was um and I felt so bad telling you about it because it was like my life had just completely erupted yeah I was in love with this ass 
asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I literally just found out that he was dating and sleeping with three other women. It was an absolute nightmare. Unreal. And you were so sweet. Oh my gosh. I was just like vomiting, just telling you this story. Yeah. And you were like, oh my gosh. And then now me and his, was it his ex-wife or just his, his ex-girlfriend and his, I are yeah. actually very really close good friends. friends. <laughs> like one good thing came out of that. Yeah. Really good friends. But on the walk, I remember you telling me about the man you were dating yeah. and saying, I got to look younger. Like this is, it's it. like, what do I do? Right. <laughs> right. right. And like, just to be fair, um, this guy did not put any pressure on me to do that. He was, he never made me feel old, but I felt old. And, like you, I, and you didn't look old, but, oh, but really it's all about how we feel yeah. because the light inside, you know, the yeah. level of light that we expel has everything to do with the way we're feeling, not totally. necessarily the out, you know, the outside yeah. that we're looking. Yeah. So I remember you were just like, let's do this because this man's going to be in my life for a long time. Yeah. So let's figure this out. And I'm only getting older. <laughs> <laughs> Things are only getting worse. <laughs> So anyway, you at that moment, like gave me three things to order off of Amazon. I yeah. ordered them right there while we were sitting there drinking wine at Rhino. Right. And um, that's right. Steady just got going on it. So this is a good segue. Where are we now? What are your products to what? Like, what should we all be ordering? Okay. So, you know, there's so much out there in terms of skincare and it's confusing for even me. Patients yeah. will come in and they're like, have you seen this? I'm like, how am I supposed to see every product? You know? Right. I know the, the, I can tell you the basics that everyone should be using, the routine that everyone should be doing. Cleanser, toner, vitamin C serum, moisturizer, sunscreen during the day, obviously all formulated for your skin type. And retinol is a must to add into your routine at night. Anti-aging. Ladies, start using that retinol. Okay. Um, those are the basics. I mean, there's so many other things you could throw in there. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing the vitamin C. Uh-huh. I didn't know about this. Okay. Vitamin C is an antioxidant. It's going to mm-hmm. give you that glow and it's okay. going to just purify your skin and make you just glow. Okay. Yeah. Your skin's amazing. And you've been, Stop. you've still been coming to me. So oh you my know, gosh. you know yes. what to do. Um, we've, we've graduated from microderm <laughs> and done some other things. <laughs> Microneedling. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, terrifying, but, um, yeah. Cause that was when we talked about me being a redhead, more sensitive to pain. That's Remember that? Right. Yeah. Yes. It's true. It's a true fact. That's so true. Yeah. We I need more. That. You actually taught me something that day. Yeah. We need more, um, what do you call it when you go in for surgery? Anesthesia. Anesthesia than normal people. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, you know, the st- thing that you're, which we're going to get into like kind of ways in which our lives have been synced up lately and some cool stuff that's about to happen for both of us. But yeah. um, with skin, like beautiful skin begins within. That's the name of your... Right. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I was uh, furloughed for, I think it was seven weeks. It was like a glorious vacation for me. (laughs) But but I was home and figured I'm not just going to sit home and watch Netflix or read books. Like, let me do something productive with my time. So I started um, what had always been a little dream in the back of my head to create my own website. Literally, literally took a course how to build a website from scratch, just me, you know, so that I didn't have to hire anyone. But I really wanted to learn 
the craft um, and kind of make it my own. So I created this website called Beautiful Skin Begins Within. And there's so much, uh, there's a lot to explain with that website, but it, but the gist of it is just cruelty-free, um, cruelty-free living, you know, product, not, not only skincare products, but everything that you have in your home. Yeah. Um, just making it non-toxic, as non-toxic as possible, considering the second we walk out the door, we're exposed to pollutants, right? Right. So, um, for me also being a cancer survivor, um, it's important to me that toxicity to keep it out of my body as much Mm -hmm. as I can. Um, so cruelty free living, but beautiful skin begins within really being about who are you as a person? What habits do you create that are healthy for yourself? Um, you know, even though we're all wine lovers and have these, you know, mm-hmm. habits that kind of throw us off balance a little bit, um, but we still need that to, to live our lives. But, um, but really, what are you doing that you're proud of? You know, mm. what makes you feel good? Beautiful skin really does begin with everything inside, you know, mm. from your mindset to the books you read, to the people that you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. It's so important to the activities that you partake in. Yeah. You know? What do you say yes to? Right. Or do you, you know, sit home at night and continue your bad habits, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure I can go off on so many different tangents, but that's the gist of that website. And I'm, you know, I haven't really done anything with it in the past year because work is, you know, consumed by our lives again. We're yeah. back to normal. Um, but I have, I have some good plans nice. for it in the future. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I just like that concept of it begins within because I I do think, you know, rather than just like putting a bunch of stuff on my skin, thinking about doing that, you know, and approaching it from the inside out and doing that properly. I mean, my friends make fun of me that I need everything to be organic and I'm sort of a snob when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, I'm like you. I just toxicity is sort of everywhere. So yeah, I'm trying to yeah, be good about it when I can control it. Right. And the skin is the largest organ of the body. I think a lot of people forget that, you yeah. know, the skin is the largest organ of your body. What are you putting on it? Yeah. What are you putting in it? You know, what are you putting in your body? Totally. Yeah. What did, um, so did you have breast cancer? I did. Yeah. yeah. So I had breast cancer. Um, I was diagnosed in, uh, September, August slash September of 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I found a tiny little tumor the size of a green pea on the right, my right breast, just during a routine self breast exam in the shower. And, um, I was in the best shape of my life or so I thought, um, my fitness game was on point, you know, I was doing all the right things. Um, but I had just coincidentally had just gone off the birth control pill um, within that year before I found the tumor. And, um, even though I was doing all the right things, I was putting a pill into my body that was actually the cause of my breast cancer, Mm. ironically. Yeah. Yeah. So my mother had breast cancer and she would have said for sure that, you know, when she had, uh, chemo, which she did too. Right. Yeah. So that, that, sort of kicked her into like early menopause for her and some other things. And she feels like she really, cause let me just tell you, genetically speaking, my mother's 
skin is incredible. Mm. Um, but I think she thinks that's kind of where things took a turn and she just, you know, kind of aged yeah. really quickly through that process. Um, she still is cute as a button and looks amazing. I'm she really sure. does. But, <laughs> um, but that is a tribute to like how great her genetics truly are. Right. What, um, what did you find in terms of that process and how that affected this thing that you've spent all this time yeah. perfecting? My skin? Is that yeah, what your mean? skin. Oh. And even because, I mean, as far as products are concerned, I just was actually having um, drinks with a dear friend who's, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years, 15 years older than me, maybe. But anyway, she was talking about, you know, the one thing she can't, as long as her teeth are okay and her hair is okay, oh. she's not going to worry about like Botox and all the other stuff. She was right. like, I don't really care about aging naturally in those ways but I can't lose my hair it can't go thin on me and you know my teeth have to be my teeth you know yeah so she was like I'm very vigilant about that and um she's like if you have any you know uh suggestions about keeping like what to use for your hair and whatever and I was like you know what I have a friend who has who said she finally found something so Ah, yeah just we'll get into that book in a second okay (laughs) yeah um Yeah, for me, you know, similar to your mother, um, you know, cancer treatment is extremely difficult on the body. I mean, I did um, four rounds of chemotherapy and six weeks of radiation. Um, It's extremely difficult. I mean, I did lose my hair. That was my biggest fear. You know, when I was diagnosed, my hair was the longest it was it had ever been in, in my life. It was probably the most gorgeous it had been uh, in my life. Looking back, in hindsight, I certainly didn't feel that then because right. we're women and we're always hard, hard on ourselves and we should be. Um, but yeah, I remember 10 days into chemotherapy, my hair started falling out. Uh, and I that was my biggest fear when I was diagnosed. Actually, one of the first questions that I asked my oncologist, and it sounds so vain now, but... I remember just sitting there with tears asking her, am I going to lose my hair? And she yeah. said, yes. Oh. You know, and I tried everything. I mean, I did 10,000 milligrams of biotin twice a day and I did everything to, thinking maybe I'm going to be that one girl yeah. that it doesn't happen to. And you know, sure enough, it started to fall out. And ironically, Katie, because this could also be a segue into another beauty segment, but uh, what I thought was my biggest fear losing my hair because as women, we identify with our hair as what makes us beautiful in a sense, our hair, our skin, you know, our body. I mean, it's all part of that package. When my hair started to fall out, um, it was within a day I had to cut it Mm. short to my shoulders. It was, it was halfway down my back, if not longer, definitely past my bra strap in the back. I remember that, um, I had to go, the next day, I'll never forget, it was a Sunday, and my salon was closed. I was working at a salon, and I called one of my girls, you know, my favorite hairstylist, and I said, B, it's time, you know, can you can you come in and cut my hair? And she was like, yeah, and, you know, we cried our way through it, oh. and it's horrible. We couldn't even blow dry it because there was so much coming. There's more on the floor than there was on my head. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. you know, for one day, I had it to my shoulders, and then the next day, I called my sister and said, I'm going to need you to clip it. And, you know, my, actually my nephew buzzed my head that next day. And I remember 
it was such a weird feeling. My, 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 um, hair follicles were tingly. It was painful. I woke up the day that my hair started to fall out. I woke up and I remember opening my eyes and it felt like someone had just beat me in the scalp. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. I have never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't, don't share. You just don't hear that. It was, I I just knew I said, Oh shit. Today's the day. Yeah. You know, it's happening. Um, so anyway, my nephew shaved my head and it was patchy and we were laughing and crying and my sister was videotaping it. And, um, I remember getting in the car to head home after that and looking in the rearview mirror, I just sat there and I looked in the rearview mirror and I will never forget this. I never felt more beautiful in my entire life than in that moment Wow! because I had just conquered one of my biggest fears and it was so liberating. Oh, it was I'm so tearing up right now. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I didn't, you know, trust me, there weren't, you didn't, you don't feel beautiful most of the days going through treatment, but, um, but that was a big day for me. Yeah. Big day. And I think that was actually the start of learning to conquer your own fears because I lived so scared yeah. just in my own bubble and my own comfort zone for so many years. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I feel like cancer for me was a blessing. Yeah. I never thought I would say that, but it actually was. It changed me in so many ways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So I forgot what your question was, but I went so (laughs) off tangent. (laughs) Do I have tips? Um, Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm so glad you shared that story. I love that story Um, because we've talked about a lot of these little moments that you had but I've never heard that one, and mm. I love that. I don't tell it often. It's so and when good. When I do, I get like goosebumps all over again. Yeah, and it also humbles me completely. Yeah. Humbles me, you know. Well, um, it's remarkable, and it's and it's true. I mean, you know, before we started recording a few minutes ago, we were looking at pictures of you oh, with right. really short hair, and I was just like, oh my goodness, you're just gorgeous. <laughs> you're so sweet. No, it's thank you. Yeah. So much. Um. So. I mean, it's so easy to believe that you had that revelation, but also just selfishly and making it about me. I got to tell you, hearing the the reason why that made you feel beautiful, just conquering that fear and doing something that you were scared to do yeah, means a lot to me right now. Yeah. You know, I'm about to do something I'm very scared to do. It's oh so gosh. scary. And yeah. it's for the exact reason that you just said. It's not necessarily to look in the mirror and feel beautiful, but just to feel like I'm proud of that girl I'm looking at again. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little (laughs) bit. Let's talk about that. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've gone back and forth. I, I'm a, I analyze things a lot, of course. Um, and certainly part of me has berated myself for maybe doing this as an escape or running away from something or not being strong enough to do what I need to do here. No, I disagree. I mean, I I can understand why you would feel that way, but I really truly believe it's the beginning of your healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your plans or? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and what, or maybe what brought you to, to that place in the first place to have to make such a life altering scary decision. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think, um, I don't know yet what order these podcasts will come out in. I haven't made any decisions about that, but I have, you know, it's possible that I've 
alluded to this before now, but it is worth mentioning. I mean, I have gotten all these, you know, sort of varied diagnoses. I went to a nutritionist first um, just because I was like, something's wrong. Like, I'm, right. you know, math ain't mathin', basically. <laughs> like, things, right. things are not working the way they ought to be working. And so... Um, got my metabolism tested, found out that I had no metabolism. Um, it was a really scary graphic. It was like low, medium, high across an eight by 10 piece of paper turned landscape wise, right? And the low was on the left. And my arrow for where my metabolism was, was like halfway off the page, like low. Oh my God. You could read the word low, but you couldn't even see my whole arrow because it was lower than low. And how does that happen? Uh, yeah. So didn't know at that point. Right. Like was unclear about, you know, how I'd gotten to that point. Well, now it turns out, you know, um, I've got some other things going on, mostly just everything to do with my adrenal and endocrine system. Just right. hormones are crazy. Um, my th- I have an autoimmune disease where my thyroid is attacking itself. Um, Gosh. My cortisol levels are just insane, you know, just all these things. And so I just have always believed that I was strong. And I think I am. I don't mean to say that I'm not strong, but I was internalizing a lot of other people. I'm a, you know, highly empathetic person, as, you know, most teachers are. And I was truly able to handle people's stuff, you know, and then, and seemingly bounce back. I mean, I really thought I was, you know, dealing and then, you know, putting it away from me, but in a healthy way, I thought I I was, there were moments though, that last year things began to turn for me. And I noticed for the first time that, I would really get a sick feeling in my stomach when I saw a kid walking up to me after class to to talk about something emotional or their own issues, whatever they might be. Um, and I teach creative writing, so kids tend to feel like they can talk to me about things. And we had a couple of um, suicides last year at the high school where I teach, and right. there were some you know heavy things. Plus, we we're coming out of COVID, coming out of the lockdown, and um, the, the needs of these kids was pretty intense. And I, I felt, let me say this. I did feel it in my body, but I knew that I could not take it on. And that's the first time in my life I've ever been in that situation. Because you've always been someone to take on other people's pain and absorb, but you get to a point and maybe that's, maybe that, all of these years of absorbing everyone else's angst. Yeah. Maybe that finally just overflowed. Yeah. It, it, and it was not, and I just want to, I have a flair for the dramatic. I can say things dramatically so often and I want to be like, you know, just make sure that I'm being clear here. Like it was not like, Oh, I can't deal with that. It, it wasn't that it, it was like a, physiological thing happening in my body where it was like I felt myself like kind of just fold in onto myself and dismiss dismiss the 
things that people were saying to me and what can now looking back, like I know a child must've thought Ms. Wright doesn't care what I, what I'm going through. I mean, that had, that had to have happened a couple of times and look, I'll own that and that's fine. It's not, you know, that I, it was just, and this is the whole point, I guess, Yeah, is like, I know what I'm capable of in the way that I am able to be a light to people. Um, I know that that's a gift that I feel like God has given me. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can be in other people's lives and, and inspire and encourage and be there for other people. And I want to be able to use that gift again. And I've gotten to a place where I cannot give anymore. So that feeling, did that, did that, was that just a huge wake up call? Like something's got to change. What, how did, how did that make you feel? I mean, I wish I could say that. I wish I could. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, cause honestly, no, I, I really more so just thought, Oh, you know, I just would look toward the next little break, whatever that was. I, I just felt like, okay, Saturday I can recover. Saturday I can recover. Saturday I won't talk to anyone. I'll just, just going through the motions. You know, like, yeah. I'll just get to Saturday, you know? And, um, I just thought I'll just, you know, I, or, I mean, sometimes it was, okay, just get to the end of the day, just right. get to the end of the day. And then when I get out of here, I can just go and do what I need to, you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, there were times where during my planning period, I just go down to my car and cry, like just yeah. sit in my car and just sob my eyes out. And I couldn't, um, it was the beginning of yeah. the end almost. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a split decision. So all of these little things that happened, you know, your, your health issue at that point you had your health. No, I didn't know any of that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that until the summer. Okay. So it, things were, you know, escalating, but physically I didn't know that anything was happening. It just was stressful, but I didn't attribute anything to it being. Yeah. Usually things like that take time, right? Yeah. Dis-ease takes time. Totally. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a period of time where your body just can't handle everything that's happening. Yeah. And it needs a different course. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I found myself in Amsterdam this summer for just a a visit. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, I'm just going to take off to Amsterdam. And, uh, yeah, just knew, um, everyone thus far who's heard about this, that's close to me and cares about me in any way has been like, this is good for you do need this yeah I mean it's like they're seeing something that like right I don't have to do that much explaining and I I think that what I'm doing is so insane to move to Amsterdam and just without a job and so so, so you're just gonna pick up and move to Amsterdam Amsterdam (laughs) and like I have uh not much of a plan um you know launching a website this podcast um some other things are cooking, but like, right. for the most part, no plan, yeah. um, just moving, just going. And I don't know a single person in Amsterdam. Right. Um, I, yeah, I literally don't know one person who lives there. I, I have some friends who said, I know someone who lives there, which is lovely. And maybe we can connect, but no, there won't be one face there that I know. Um, and it's weird I know this sounds awful and it's going to sound depressing, but it really isn't. Trust me. It's like, I cannot wait to be a little bit lonely. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, like you, in your career, you're talking to people all day. You have yeah. to be on every single day. Yes. You know, Monday through Friday, you've got to be on. Because yeah. you've got a lot of people that are relying on you. Yeah. That you need to talk to and that take your energy. And yeah. it's going to be nice to be lonely. It's going it? to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be alone. And just, yeah, take you know, put in my AirPods, go on a walk in rainy, cold, wintry Amsterdam, which is not when anyone would ever visit Amsterdam. It's not exactly as charming when the, you know, it gets dark at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. But nevertheless, um, I cannot wait. And yeah, so excited I'm so for excited. you. I'm but, so excited for you. So sad that you're not going to be here for our fun little walks and mean, know. you know wine meetups, but um, girls' nights. But we'll we'll squeeze a bunch in before we exactly before but, we say on to the next chapter. And one of those, yeah, it's because it's really cool because your last day of work is going to be October 31st. Yes. <laughs> Talk about parallel lives. Parallel lives. Oh, so okay, we, so wait before you tell this, I do have to say earlier in the podcast today when you were saying that day that we got together for the first time was when you had found out that this guy was dating and sleeping with th- right. four other women and it was this like huge day like you'll never forget that day right and then when you and I got together a couple days ago yeah it was also a day that it was a breaking point like we just yes. kind of by accident keep scheduling this this these times together and the days that we tend to like when yes. we meet up something yeah. Seismic is happening. It's so crazy, right? Such simultaneous, huge life changes. How ha- it seems like, yeah, happened for us like parallel. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but yeah. Like, I know you had mentioned it just recently that I remember, I remember <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm, I've got these health things going on and I'm, actually, I need to get together with you because I'm moving to Amsterdam. And I was like, what? Yeah. And what you did not know was that I had been really thinking about this life change myself. Yeah. I just didn't know when it was going to happen, but I knew it was coming. So yeah, I just resigned from my job, my career this this week, this, this past week. Yeah. Um, I've been practicing skincare you know I've been a licensed esthetician for 20 years two decades unreal and I was always scared to make a change because I didn't know what else I would be good at yeah um yeah so as you know I resigned this week and I don't really <laughs> have a plan I'm so proud of you <laughs> I don't really have a plan and that's and for the first time in my life I'm okay with not having a plan yeah I'm okay with that yeah I'm gonna figure it out and there's so many things I want to do and, you know, so many, you know, I'm going to write that book that I have, the rough draft has been sitting there for over a year. I'm going to finish my book. I'm going to publish my book, um, which by the way is to help other women who are diagnosed with breast cancer. Amazing. Just to kind yeah. of give them a little, a little guide that, you know, to get them, to carry them through maybe a little bit easier. Yeah. That's my goal with that. But um, beyond that, podcasting with you, I don't, I mean, I've got so many ideas, but sometimes you just have to get to that place where you need you take that space that loneliness for yourself yeah and really ask yourself some deep questions what am what's my next move 
Right. What, or what do I really want to do in my heart now that I don't have this quote job, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we loved our jobs, you know, they were, yeah. it was our career, but now that we don't have this thing that we have to do every day, yeah, we have a whole blank slate yeah. to work with and so many vibrant colors. Totally. And you know, you and I ha- are similar in another way too, which is, yes, we've had these jobs for a really long time. I've been teaching forever. You've been doing this forever. And yet all along, we've also like been dipping our toes in all these other things. I mean, I just recently found out you took a social marketing course and have like 10 Instagrams (laughs) with like thousands and thousands of followers (laughs) on each account. I mean, Oh yeah. I've done a lot of different things on the side. I've always had like a little side gig, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Always having this inner nagging Uh, that I wasn't doing what I was put on this earth to do. Same. Even though I'm great at what I do, I have passion in my fingertips. I love helping people. I I love making people feel better about themselves. I love giving because I I have a nurturing spirit. I've always been that nurturing person, but I always had this little something inside of me just tugging at me saying, you need to get out there and figure out what your real true passion is. Yeah. Um, so that was me digging into all these different, you know, dipping my toe in like a little kitten, you know, I always like to say, um, trying to figure out what I could be really good at and love and wake up every day excited about. Totally. So that's where we are. I yeah. Mean, I guess I don't have it figured out yet. And that's, and I'm totally okay with that. It's actually the best case scenario. The one thing that I keep, always keep in the back of my mind that I know from true firsthand experience, obviously, is that this life is short. Yeah. We're not here for that long. And obviously none of us know how long, right? Right. But the truth is, this is the time to yeah. do those things that you really want to do. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Well, and that, I mean, cause you and I always are like full of things to inspire one another and ourselves right. and like give ourselves good, positive self-talk. And right. the thing that I am really leaning into, I mean, there's many things that I can't wait once I get there to really examine and do, as you say, like, the self-work. I'm looking forward to having time again to truly be able to meditate and right. and do all these things that like for whatever reason my mind and heart and everything every, I'm in a manic state right now yeah. as everything is there's no I'm doing space. too much. Right. Yeah. But so what I'm really leaning into now is like this idea of just being bold because of that exact reason. And of course it's a cliche that we only get this one life and why not and all that. But it's like, we don't live it often, you know, we know it and that, but like, we're just not living it. And I have already, and this is, this to me is the biggest testament for why you do these sorts of things. I haven't even left yet. Right. And it has already reframed everything in my mind, in my life. Because you're finally, because you know that you're going to this place of insane authenticity. Yeah. Because because you're not, this is, and this is, I don't want to say, I can't speak for you when I say this, but 
and I do want to reiterate, I love, loved the last 20 years yeah. working as an esthetician. Mm-hmm. But I was building someone else's dream yeah. every time. And maybe that's because I didn't have my own place, but that was my choice. Just didn't want that overhead and I didn't want to take it home. And that was completely my choice. But I never felt like I was living my own dream. Yeah, I was just abiding by everyone else's rules, whether it was a salon or a med spa. Um, having to set that alarm and never truly excited to jump out of bed in the morning because I was just going through the motions. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing for me. I have loved teaching. Right. Like actually loved it. Right. I have been so unbelievably like, oh gosh, I'm so fortunate to have met the kids and the families I've met, the connections I've made. Right. I'll tell you one thing this whole thing has taught me. If if I decided to quit my job and start a business here in Charlotte, man, that'd be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Because um, you know so many people here. I mean. So many connections. Yeah. And everyone's wanting to cheer you on and wanting to be on your team. And that's just, that's right. amazing. That is amazing. Plus, it doesn't involve visas and airline oh. tickets and moving your, finding a furnished apartment when no one will call you back because you live overseas. And like, I mean, all <laughs> of it just sounds very easy. If I were to just quit, just quitting my job now sounds like the easiest thing in the world. But I, now it doesn't, that, that, even that, which boy, this is what's so wild is like a year ago, that would have seemed so crazy and so bold to just quit my job. And it is, it still is, it still would be, but now that I'm doing this insane thing and like being bold in that way, I'm like, I am that girl. I'm going to be a, the woman that I'm proud of girl to on do fire. this yeah. insane thing. And I also already know, and this is what's so cool. I already know that like, if I come back home, a year from now, less than a year from now, and like go back to teach, it won't have been a failure because I'm not running away from this. I'm running to something to do something for me that needs to be done. There was nothing wrong with my life before. It really is fine. Right. You know, um, I know exactly what you mean about building someone else's dream, but you know, in teach with teaching, it was always, Different. yeah, it was always like a call, you right. know, you were called to do it. And, and it was this whole thing. And, you know, you and I, like we talked about, have had all these side gigs. Right. And for me, owning a business on the side. Right. You know, uh, doing, <laughs> like, I've been in three different graduate programs. Um, I have just done, you know, I was in sales before I even became a teacher. I've done all these crazy things. And all of them, though, do feel like, they were because of a restlessness, because of a need to do this other thing. Yeah, it's yeah. That inner calling, right? Yeah, that inner calling. It's um, I don't know if you've ever read any books by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. She writes. She wrote this book called The Invitation, and another one called The Call. Okay, and it's it's. I feel like trying all of those other side projects is really trying to figure out who you are and trying to figure out what that call of your soul really is. Yeah. Like, why are we here? Right. We can, that's a whole nother episode, but 
for you and I who are complete empaths and, mm-hmm. you know, wear our heart on our sleeve and we're deep people, um, writers usually are, right? Right. Um, there's just knowing that there's more to life yeah. than what we're experiencing right now. And people like us, you can't put yourself in a box. Right. Because you don't feel alive yeah. after a while. I mean, at first it might be okay. You can do this. Oh, this is what my life's supposed to be like. But you always have that pull inside yeah. that's whispering more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I think the fact that we are both starting anew I'm really looking forward to like collaborating with you on different projects and doing little doing little things um and just leaning into because here this is this is also like I am hesitant to all to you know talk about like manifesting you know law of attraction all this I I have a I'm not against it in any way. In fact, I really believe in a lot of that stuff. But like saying it out loud sometimes, I'm like, you know, Um, and just why, why is that? Why am I like that? Yeah. Um, Well, I think because I have gone through all those motions before and there's, attention there I think with like you said with writers who are deep people it's like uh, part of the idea of pain and struggle and all of those things actually are really necessary and that's never the thing you're manifesting Um, or you certainly don't mean to manifest those things and so and yet the the reality of those things are where we really become the versions of ourselves that are the most, you know, interesting and absolutely and multifaceted and stuff like that. But I think also just because uh, it can come off, you know, in the wrong hands, just like anything, it can come off as uh if we follow it to its logical conclusion in some ways, it's like, okay, so anyone who's dealing with something particularly difficult or having a hard time or whatever, it's like, oh, if they would just. Right, right, yeah. right. But everyone's journey is different and yeah. not everyone believes in that. So I, I, and the reason why I asked you why, because I'm a lot the same way. You can't talk to all of your friends about this. Right. Just the ones who will understand, right? Yeah. Or your family members think you're crazy. My sisters are both like, oh, well, there's Tina manifesting something. Yeah. Again. You know, like, okay, teen. Like, yeah. oh, what book are you reading? Okay, teen. You know, yeah. it's like, but they are them. They, you know, they yeah. are who they are. We are who we are. Um, I think, I think the manifesting thing is super powerful. Mm-hmm. But back to something that you just said, um, you know, a minute ago something you know you said something about those all the pain and all that we don't want that but really that's what shapes us and that's what makes us so interesting and that's what you know when we have something bad happen to us or we go through pain and you already know this it's it is so cliche but like you wouldn't know pleasure you wouldn't know how to get excited about something different or that you can get excited about something different that all of those things shape us right so do you feel like that's a that's what I'm saying. I, as writers, we embrace those things in a way 
right. because it is, we right. know that we know how like it, it creates the rough edges that give us things to actually discuss and like the pulls to talk thing, talk through things, you right. know, um, there's no book or movie or any story ever without conflict. Cause without conflict, Absolutely. there's no human engagement, you know? Exactly. So when those things happen, you know, to quote unquote manifest them away can this is what this is all I'm saying. It's like some people see that and can even act like it's a, a failure on the part of the person themselves to create the life they want because they're dealing with some sort of conflict. And and I've always had a hard time with that. But you know, it always comes back to balance. Well, I think I get what you're trying to say. So when you're someone that believes in manifestation, you know, the question arises, well, what about the bad things in my life? Did I manifest those? Well, in my belief and from the research that I've done and the books that I read and in my gut, yes, I think, you know, someone could say, oh, so you manifested cancer, Mm -hmm. you know? And the truth is, yes, I think I did even though, you know, it was caused by the birth control pill and taking it for so many years. I lived for so many years with dis-ease mm-hmm. in my mind and my body. It was that inner pull that something wasn't right, that I wasn't on the right path. And I believe dis-ease creates disease, mm-hmm. you know? So yes, I think I manifested all of that stuff because my thoughts we're in the right place. And let me tell you something. My thoughts are not always in the right place. We all have fears. But when the fears outweigh the good that you're trying to manifest, I think that that's when you, know, you have to change your underlying beliefs, right? We all have fears, but you have to do some sort of practice to change, to rewire yourself. Right. I mean, that's why we do all the work that we do on ourselves, the meditating, the yoga, right. the journaling, the research, the books we read. You know, it's yeah. not a coincidence that... The books that we read are what we need. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you can't read a book that you're not interested in, right? Um, but so, do you think that that you are you afraid of manifesting, of, of talking about manifesting because you're afraid that like, not that you can't prove it, but that your fears will come up and you don't want to. I don't. I'm not sure that I can articulate what I'm trying to say right now. So I I think my fear in going all the way into the manifestation philosophy is that I don't ever want to look at someone with cancer and think, well, I mean, they brought it on themselves. And, you know, in some sense, like I, and you of all people who had cancer get to say what you just said. (laughs) Like, I can't say that as someone who hasn't had that, but or tragedy you know, tragedy that was beyond their control, something on the, you know, that happened beyond their control. I think that it's just very, that's a very dangerous like place where you look at someone's life and feel that they have manifested this life for themselves. In some ways, I think that that's very true. It's just like, you know, I think we have a a crazy amount of, uh, this sphere of influence over our own lives is most of the time underestimated. Right. I think most of the time we play it that it like it's in fate's hands or it's right. something beyond our control. And so yes, I think 
leaning into this idea of like mind over matter, I can decide. And I see people doing it all the time. And just because of like this crazy blind confidence that a lot of times is not even earned, they're creating and manifesting these lives for themselves. And I'm like, wait, right. Why? What? And not to like throw shade. I really don't mean this, but I'm, I really look at some of these people and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not half as smart as I am. Well, you that, know, and, oh, and that brings me to the point. Why not me? Why right. not you? Why not like, us? I know right? for certain I'm smarter and right. more capable than right. that idiot over there who doesn't know the difference between your, 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 and your, Oh God. Or like doesn't yes. know how to use then versus than. Like, right. I know that's a silly little detail, but like for real, we have one language, oh, like yes. learn how to speak it. Yes. It drives me insane. <laughs> so I mean like every other human being on the earth has to learn their language and somebody else's. We are like, have this luxury of only needing to speak the English language and right. still travel everywhere and be whatever. Learn it. Yes. It infuriates me. But anyway, <laughs> side note there, um, little oh, rant. Love it. But when, so when people are, you know, creating these, you know, inane, ridiculous TikToks and they're, you know, having trillions of followers and making money on this and making all this, you know, whatever. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. And there's no, like in that way, it's not about to me like meriting it or manifesting it. It's, but for like, when I look at my own life, the one note that I have to take is like, I know for myself, I'm underplaying the power Oh yeah. Of, of manifesting. I know that like when I set my mind to something, it is amazing how things come into line. I decided I was moving to Amsterdam. Right. And damn it, look at what I'm doing. I decided when, once I made a decision, things lined, started lining up. And even when things got hard, I was like, no, but I've already decided this is happening. Okay. And I think one of the keys to, to manifesting is not figuring out how you can't Mm -hmm. worry about the how. If you can create it in your mind, it's possible. You just have to keep that vibrational energy up. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that when you're not feeling well, when things aren't going well in your life. Right. Your vibration is down. It's yeah. low. Your frequency is low, you know? So you attract more things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and my, you know, my dad always said, I really love this wisdom. He always said, you know, do not make a decision when you're tired, hungry, upset, you know, whatever. Exactly. Just, just, just don't. Exactly. It's a place to to feel your feelings. And then when you're out of that, that's, and I, I think that speaks to that idea because we do have such power right? and our emotions hold such power Yes, and we end up creating these situations that we live in. And I do, I mean, there's so much of this. I do believe, right. I think so much of the life we live. And again, this is what I'm saying too, is like the, when I said if I have to come back and go back into teaching or whatever, it won't be a failure because not that I'm manifesting that or man, it, this is, I guess this is something I keep learning over and over again. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate it properly, but like it is not about saying that anything I've done before this moment is wrong. No, and, and it's okay. Like, if you yeah. want to go back to your teaching career, you have a fabulous career. Like, right. And that's why we're talking about this. Part of the reason we're talking about this, we're not walking away from shitty lives. Right. We have amazing careers yeah. and lives. And yeah. 
a lot of great stuff going on. Totally. But if you don't answer the call yeah. that's nagging you, how will you ever know? It could be 10 times more amazing than it is. And to someone who's listening who might be like, well, I think I've got the call. I think I whatever. Let me tell you something. When you know, you know. Yeah. Because... You might, it might just be starting to nag you and it might not be time to move yet. It really might not. But when it is time, you'll know. You'll know. Like, it's not a matter of like, I don't even think it's a matter of like huge amounts of discernment or wisdom. No. no when you know, you right know. Time. Yeah. Like, like who wants to pick up and. Right. This was not a wise decision I made. It wasn't a wise. <laughs> your father was like, don't do this, Tina. You know, like this, this, we're not speaking from a place of wisdom. Right. But you are speaking from a place of like. No, I know myself. I know that at this point now, it is a matter of valuing myself. It's a matter of answering the call. It's a matter of being bold. It's a matter of like understanding the situation I'm in right now. And this is my moment to live this life that I've been given. Absolutely. And you just know inside, like there's no denying that you need a change. Yeah. You need to change, period. Uh No. Like, I think we talked about this earlier today. When I, the morning that I put in my resignation, which was just this past Wednesday, which was like three days ago, um, I didn't sleep the night before at all. I mean, literally, I literally sat up in bed three times. and was like, Jesus, please let me just go to sleep. Please, Lord, let me go to sleep. I just need, I have to work tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, when okay, maybe I slept for like a half hour because my alarm did go off and I was like, shit, (laughs) I only got to sleep. (laughs) Just fell asleep. But I knew when I woke up that morning that that was the day that something had to change. You asked me, did you know you were going to give your notice when you went in? Yeah. I didn't know, but I kind of did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I didn't, or maybe I didn't want to know because I was so scared because it's a huge life-altering decision. Right. Once you give your notice to quit your career, you you can't really go back after that, right? Yeah. I mean, you might be able to within a few days, but you know in your heart you're not going back. So, um... Yeah. So to your point, like you just, you just know it's time. Yeah. It's time. What do you have to lose? Right. What do you have to lose? Yeah. You hear stories of people moving and that's when their life actually started when they let go of the bullshit that was keeping them where they knew they shouldn't be. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, and Again, I, I don't know why I feel the need to like reloop here, but it, it just is in me. It's indoctrinated in me as sure. a as a daughter of the father that I have and everything. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I I know from personal experience that the moments in my life where I have felt the most joy have been the moments where I was the most selfless. Of course, yes. right, yes, and you know, I, I do see so often this like trend or this, this like move towards you do you don't give a shit about anybody else. Don't worry about anybody else, whatever. And it all, everything, I mean, we've been talking, I've talked about balance a good bit here. I do think again, that I do see how living selflessly is the goal, but you can't do that if you're self in order to be selfless you're you have to be whole you have to take care of yourself you have to and you I, have to and that yeah that is something that you know 
hopefully most people are doing a better job than me, right, of, of doing these things in a maintenance stage. They're taking care of themselves all the time. They're doing little things to take care of themselves and not just like power through, right? but really taking care of themselves so that they can be who they need to be for other people and experience that deep joy that only happens when you are being truly, you know, able to be truly selfless, right? Right. But what I have done, right, is tried to snatch these little moments of self-care and gone in the wrong direction, fed that in the wrong way. And some moments have been good, but like I just have not prioritized self-care in the way that I ought to have. And Can you- now I'm out of, uh, now it's like it does require something drastic. And I know that the haters, not that I know of any, but mm-hmm. any haters out there, um, will think that this thing, especially I have a lot of guilt around leaving during the school year. Um, that seems very irresponsible and selfish and all these things, but like, well, which is why we stay in situations for so long. Exactly. And like, ultimately I know that, you know, I'm not going to do anybody any good if I'm sick. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? right. And self-care, I don't think self-care has to be selfish. I think self-care really is truly about taking care of yourself. And it's funny on my on my um, website, I actually have a self-care tab. Nice. Um, self-care is vital if you want to do anything with positive energy and successfully to help other people. You can't help other people truly if you're feeling like absolute shit inside yourself. Right. No. How are you going to give authentically? Yeah. If you're if you don't feel like you have anything to give. Yeah. You know you can't. You can't. You can't do that. So yeah, you have to do those things. It's so funny. Last night. It's the first time, I don't even remember the last time, last night I gave myself a facial in my kitchen and I literally steamed my face over a pot on the stove. And that was, I have not been doing that all these years that I've been making other people feel beautiful and special and giving them facials and doing all these anti-aging treatments. I'm not doing it for myself. Right. I mean, I, of course I have my skincare routine and I'll stick to that. That'll never, you know, I'll never not do that. But to actually take an extra 10 minutes to steam my face and care for my skin in a way that I haven't in probably 15 years. Yeah. That was, that's why, yeah. I literally said out loud to myself, this is the self-care you should have been doing all along. Right. Because when we don't do those things, that's when we start to fall apart. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't have to tell you that, you know that. I do. Yeah. I do. And yeah, I'm fresh. I, it, it is a, it's a very dangerous cycle to get into too, because you sort of, when you stop thinking about like, oh, I don't really want to do that because I'm tired or I'm whatever. And instead reframe that to be like, I get to do this for myself. Yes. I get to do these things. I get to go and, you know, um, yeah, allow myself this pot, you know, whatever it is. Um, I deserve this. I deserve this. Yeah. I'm doing this for myself, mm-hmm. not like as a chore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, so since you mentioned skincare, I do want to ask one okay. more question. All right. <laughs> Just to kind of like, you know, you mentioned that you could talk to anybody like on a budget of yeah. different, how they should do it and how they should, you know, move forward with that. But, um, let's just say that 
you know, um, someone has like, okay, I've got $500. Right. All right. Um, what is going to be like, what would you say? Either this is what you should get done or this is the product you should buy or like, yeah. So a lot of people don't even have that to spend or won't, not that they don't have it. Some, some don't, but a lot of people won't spend that on themselves. They realize, but this is the thing I've realized about skincare is like, but they are, they just don't know that they are <laughs> like yeah. things add up really quickly 12, and you buy a bunch of crap. 12 products at CVS could have been that one yes. amazing moisturizer yes. that you thought was too expensive. Exactly. Yeah. And I have been the guilty of that and on both sides, but like of spending too much, like, and then also just, you know, not admitting that like, oh, I have tubes and jars of crap that never got finished in my cabinet in there. Who knows how much I spent on all that? Oh like, gosh, yeah, you don't have to tell me. You know, like, <laughs> see my bathroom. It's horrifying, you know. So it's like, all right, what is the? Yeah, how would you? Yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, I would say, you know, if you're gonna start with the basics, I mean, just a really good facial, deep cleansing facial. Okay. Um, you know, you can get them. I mean, $100 will get you far with a facial, okay. depending on where you go. Um, deep cleansing, getting those pores cleaned out, because you can't, you can't, tr- you know, start to treat, you know, a congested slate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to kind of start, get everything cleaned out, get that facial. But more than even the cleaning out of the pores and the steam is the massage. I mean, the therapeutic aspect mm. of a facial, as long as you go to a good esthetician who does a really good massage yeah. and lymphatic drainage is part of that, you know, it's, and just, it's, I mean, I can't tell you how many people come for a facial for the first time, especially men and say, I had no idea how therapeutic, therapeutic this was. Yeah. Why have I not been doing this for the last 20 years? Yeah. So go get yourself a facial. My okay. God, you know, yeah. and, and don't talk during the facial. Like if it's your first <laughs> time or go to someone that you don't know. I mean, it's great. You can talk and your friends and of course that's great, but go for at least once and experience a facial where you're not talking. You're just being pampered Yeah. because there's something to be said about treating yourself to that therapy. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think my, you know, your at-home gua sha tools and your jade roller and the freezer, uh-huh. yes, they work, but you have to use them. Okay. Um, yeah. Great anti-aging Wait, tool. what was the first thing you said? A gua sha stone. It's like that. It's like a jade roller, but the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Stone. Yeah, I have that. Okay. So that's I'm like, wait, what? drainage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have a bunch of stuff on my website that we'll talk about another okay. time, but... Um, that it, where I actually teach people this. Okay. So, um, but microneedling, of yeah. course. Microneedling is just a genius invention that creates micro injuries all over your skin that force your skin to revamp itself, essentially. Yeah. 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 That's my number one. Okay. That's good, though. That's really good. Um, all right. Well, do you have uh, any final words, anything that we need to know, anything you want to talk about before we wrap? No, I think that I'm just so excited for you <laughs> and for myself. I mean, for, yes. for all of us embarking us. on a new journey or, yeah. or even those people that are, that know it's time, but are scared, might be scared to do so. Yeah. Just get out there and do it because nobody's going to do it for you. Yep. You know, get yep. out there and do those things. Let's just see. Yeah. Right? Let's see. Let's see. Let's just see <laughs> what happens. And you know, if you fall flat on your face, 
uh, you know, as Brene Brown says, like vulnerability mm-hmm. is just absolute like risk and the freedom to fail and mess up and whatever is actually everything because it really isn't messing up. It is. I mean, think about the people that you look up to. Yeah. Do you think they haven't overcome failure uh, and defeat and challenges and shame and fear? Right. Failure I mean, is not really failing. No. No, it's If living. you're doing something, yeah. I mean, it's if growth. you're trying and you're doing it and you fail, it isn't failure. It's, I think it's failure if you don't try. Yeah. 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 So go do it. Go do the thing. Go do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. <laughs> Put a smile on your face. Exactly. And conquer those fears. Yeah. It's been so fun. It's been so fun talking to you. Um, I think that as we just kind of wrap up, I love, I just want to go back to that one idea of you looking in the mirror and saying, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Because that's what we all want. I'm look, I overcame this fear and I've never looked more beautiful. Absolutely. That's it. You will. You'll only get better. That's it. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. All right. And that's it. See you next time.